to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody, to this podcast number 205. Hard to believe. This is the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. This is the No Church Answers Tour that we're on, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around, bang. Not sure where you ended up, but turn it. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. We are so close to being out of the COVID quarantine. Uh, it may be as soon as next week that we are out. So this may be our final day in undisclosed locations around Sugarland. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each of us on our own spiritual journey. But we feel that all men are leaders. You're leaders of your family. You're leaders at work leaders in your church and community, you know, but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged. And that's why we're here. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple podcasts, uh, our website at uh, man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com. We're glad you're joining us. And, you know, before uh, we get to uh, the panel I just want to uh, give a shout out to something that has really helped us. And this to me would be the epitome of zero to hero. And I want a, a shout out to the developers of Zoom. I rarely used Zoom before this COVID, but this has really worked out well. So, hey, a big man up hand. Hey. To the developers of Zoom, uh, you know, I mean, and that literally is zero to hero, especially for people like us. And I know, Koshi, you spent a lot of time on Zoom this last year, too. So um, <clears throat> more than I can recall. <laughs> yeah, right. And what we do is we go over an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship uh, or Sunday School lesson, and we put a man's spin on it. We update it. We kind of apply it to our lives and we throw it around among the panel members that we have here. And so at this time, uh, this one, we are the remarkable journey begins. It's the study of Mark. It's Connect 360 Baptist Way Press, outstanding publication. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce the panel at this time. He is a world class policy writer, professional gambler and our producer, Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Hello, hey, Steve. Steve. Attorney and former prosecutor, so he can still defend you, but he can't throw the book at you, so I guess that's good. We call him the judge, Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Bill, Steve. Hi, guys. <clears throat> Corporate trainer and the group theologian, uh, none, other, none other than the professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, hey professor. Hey, hello, Robert. Insurance broker and deacon Kyle Trahan. Hey, Kyle. Kyle. Also from Louisiana. Hey, Kyle. Hello, deacon. Home of the horrible weather. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you probably feel at home then. All right, at this time, we're going to go ahead and uh, get a brief overview from the panel and start with uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, thank you, Bill. Uh, yeah, a, a familiar, colorful story here. Uh, the story of the paralytic man who is lowered through the roof, uh, through, through a hole in the roof that his buddies make uh, so he can be healed by Jesus. And while well, Jesus has got this, you know, packed house he's talking to, uh, it's a it's a good man up one. Literally, there's there's four guys delivering a fifth guy to Jesus. So that's where I'll, I'll leave it. And I know, Bill, this might end up being kind of close to your heart, because I know this is the idea of of bringing people to church, especially uh, now that the pandemic is ending, is pretty close to your heart. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Professor Koshu. So funny thing is, this is um, one of my professors that I had back in college. This was a story he used to illustrate humor in the Bible. And the reason is, is because if you read it, the Greek word. So we've all seen the pretty Sunday school pictures where it looks like they're picking the little palm leaves off the roof. And I even saw one or two pictures today. I was kind of looking through and it was a night. It, it looked like somebody reached up and took a ceiling tile out, you know, perfectly square. And they're lowering the guy through. And this one, the, the Greek word that's used here literally means to dig through. These roofs were mud, stone. So they hammered and chiseled and all that to get him lowered. So the humor is, picture Jesus sitting there doing the Jesus thing. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And all of a sudden, little dust starts following. And then, right. Lord, teach us to pray. When you pray, you should pray like this. A few more chunks start falling. You know, well, Jesus, explain the sheep thing to me. Guys, I told you before. So the sheep and this big chunk falls down. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes lowering down through the ceiling <laughs> in the midst of it. Uh, it is one of those you have to look at it. But it's really a story of action Bill talks about. Putting your right. finger but it, but it's just one of those things. Matter of fact, when we when I do this and shh, can't tell any youth, but I'm going to actually have youth. We're going to talk about this this summer, doing my series again on humor in the Bible with our kids. And I'm going to have a youth tell a very serious story while I come and just dump a wad of paper on top of them while they do it, just to kind of illustrate, because that's really kind of what you're looking at when you look at this story. Right, right. Kyle Trahan, your overview of tonight's lesson. You know, um, the author of our lesson here uh, had a sentence that captured uh, kind of my thoughts for the evening. And uh, he says, uh, or I don't, he, she, the author, whatever, um, says, one reason we may hesitate to bring our friends to Jesus is that we do not fully believe he is the true healer. And the act of faith that it took for those guys to do what they did, especially in the midst of the crowd, and, you know, uh, you know, there would have been people at the bottom going, man, look at these idiots up there. You know, what do they think? 
you know, what are they doing? And there would have been plenty of criticism and everything, especially hauling a guy up to the roof. You know, they say lowering him down, but they would have had to haul him up there first. Um, you know, and you would have had to have shoved people out of the crowd to get even to the back wall of this place, I imagine. At least the way you kind of perceive it is, you know, uh, how did they say it in the, you know, that it was just, it was a packed house anyway, um, inside now. Sounds and, like you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, in that day, people would have already heard of the leper. They would have already heard of some of the other healings, the demons and stuff like that. And I think it would have been a little bit easier than it is today. We don't have, we don't see it on the everyday. We don't have a person we can bring our, our infirm to for that act of faith of saying, Jesus, I know you can do this. And he does. We don't have that guy to go do it. So to put your total faith in God and the great healer is just something tough to do. And, you know, we, I actually spoke of this very thing because of our lesson tonight. Uh, I had to pick up something from a friend down the street and his wife is on final stages of cancer and stuff. And, you know, he says, well, I'm still praying for my miracle, you know, and that just brings me right back to this, you know, uh, the true healer and putting your faith in it. It's just a big step. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, you're yeah, over Bill, um, uh, Today, we, as the guys have mentioned, we examine another miracle Jesus performs. And uh, Kyle's just aptly mentioned that in last week's podcast, we saw Jesus heal a leper. Um, Jesus tends to bend the rules. What I find amusing about this little a little different from what they look at. Uh, Jesus tends to bend the rules when Pharisees or scribes are observing him. And when he bends the rules, he tends to agitate the Jewish leaders when they are present. Um, now, last week, Jesus healed the leper who came and kneeled before him and asked him to be healed. So what was unusual about that? Well, Jesus touched the leper before he healed him. I think, Bill, you mentioned this. Well, this is an act that would, would make Jesus ceremonial, ceremonially unclean and require him to be cleansed before he could participate further in any religious activities at synagogues. Now, we didn't have anything mentioned about the Pharisees or the teacher of the law or scribes being present at the time, but this week do, we do have them being present. This week, uh, Jesus heals a paralytic, as the guys have mentioned, and we see him antagonize the Jewish leaders who are present. Uh, and as Robert had mentioned, the paralytic is brought to Jesus by his friends and they work really hard and show great determination to get him in front of Jesus because the doorway is blocked and the house is crowded or the building wherever Jesus is teaching is crowded and they cannot get in there. So they go up to the roof to reach him. Um, Jesus, Jesus sees them lower this man down and he, and he tells him, your sins are forgiven. And he knows the heck out of this. This will agitate the leaders um, because they believe that this statement is blasphemy because only God can forgive a sin. But faith is also a key part of this lesson also. And, uh, and Jesus uses, and by the way, the author uses a favorite movie character of mine to indicate this illustration of faith, and that's Indiana Jones. And, if, and folks, if you've 
watch the last crusade, the author points this out where Indiana Jones actually has to take a leap of faith to, to save his father from dying. And he has to get the Holy Grail. And uh, in order to do that, he has to pass over a chasm that maybe is a thousand foot deep. And in order to do that, he takes a leap of faith or a step off the, the uh, ledge of one particular cliff. And he cannot see where he's going, but he stands and enters onto a ledge that, or a bridge that takes him over to the other side where the Holy Grail is located. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. The author brought this up. I, uh, I'm always impressed with Indiana Jones as an illustration, but I'm looking forward to discussing these things. Uh, Bill? Well, I'm from Michigan and Indiana is just a pansy. You know, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, all right. And with You're that, we're going to go ahead. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, lesson. Uh, Mark 2, this is uh, 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that <clears throat> there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, in his spirit, that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And, you know, what I was going to say about this, to me, I imagine these, these guys being uh, the paralyzed guys' buds. I mean, think about yourself when you were in high school or college or uh, a young man. You had your, your group of fellas that hung with you. They would do anything for you. And like Kyle said, and that's absolutely correct, they had to hoist him up on the roof before they could lower him down. I mean, that's commitment. And, and you know, and honestly, I, I really feel that Jesus was saying, your faith has healed you. And he didn't mean just the paralyzed guy, but the faith of the guys that brought him. And, and nobody ever wonders if the guy who owned the building ever cared that the hole was at a roof, his roof either. Yeah, that was another thing. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I uh, just wanted to go ahead and uh, throw that out there. 
um, and Steve Ditch. Uh, it's a it's a great story, and uh, what's interesting is that we don't know that much about it. We can surmise that the four we're going the four buds the the the, yeah. four, the four the four fellows who brought the fifth in were sold on Jesus. They you know they heard he was back in Capernaum, back for a return engagement, and they yeah. said we can't miss this. Now, what, what's what's in what's even a little bit fun to, to speculate on is is what did the paralyzed man think of this? Did the paralyzed man want to go along? Did he was was he the one who said, "Hey, I heard, take me there," or did the was was he reluctant? Was he just you know feeling you know paralyzed? There's nothing you could do, no hope. And this four friend said, "Come on, we're taking you," you know whether you like it or not. And did did he go? Did he go under protest? We know at the end he did get up and walk and, and certainly was amazed by it. But I, I, we, we don't know. We can only speculate what he, what he was going in. The other part of this is the forgiveness of sins, which actually come first. It comes before the healing. And uh, kind of the, it, 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 he, the, literally the, the paralyzed man emerges as a new man out of this. Hmm. Professor. Yeah, so the same story is actually in Luke 5, 17 through 26 and Matthew 9, 1 through 8. We don't get them going through the roof in Matthew, but it's basic. It is the same story. The The interesting thing I do want to talk a lot about <laughs> as we go through, I do want to talk a lot about the guys. And and this is kind of a call to action because this is like Steve said at the beginning, this is true man up action all the way. But I think the teachers of the law that were there this time i think jesus is starting to catch some attention and and it leads to part of the right. reason why jesus started started out remember when we started this study he he cast a demon out and he told the demon be quiet then he heals somebody else and says don't tell anybody and it it mark particularly these early years of mark there's this big secret floating around that Jesus doesn't want to know why. And I think today we're going to see why he didn't want anybody to know because he knew from the beginning, it was going to get controversial really quick. Right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is man up podcast number two Oh five. We will be right back. The man up podcast. No church answers tour is going live. That's right. The gambler, the professor, the judge, the deacon, and me. Bill Cox, the director, will record a podcast with a live audience Saturday, June 19th at 10 a.m. up on the third floor at Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland. For our listeners in the Houston area, this is an awesome way to begin your Father's Day weekend. So come on down, meet the fellas, and be part of the show. Admission is free, so be sure to get here early. We've got a special Bible study planned, and there will even be some audience participation. And yes, the show will post a few weeks later in our regular feed. So that's the Man Up Spiritual Oasis live podcast recording, 10 a.m., Saturday, June 19th at Sugarland Baptist Church. The exact address is 16755 Southwest Freeway, approximately. That's Highway 59 and Sweetwater Boulevard, Sugarland, Texas. Hope to see you there. 
And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 205. We're in Mark. And uh, this particular one about the man being lowered down, um, to me, it just seems like, uh, and like I said before, the connectedness of the guys, but they were they were ready to uh, to help their friend regardless. And, and I think so many times that what we do is we'll make a suggestion. And I like what Steve said, you know, questioning, did, did the paralyzed guy, did he believe, did he want to be a part of it? And there's some times that we as men to take charge of the a situation, we need to say, Hey, it's time to, it's go time and you're going, uh, whether they, whether they agree or not. Uh, and, uh, Kyle, get your uh, thoughts on that. You know, I, I think the paralyzed guy would have caught the excitement. Um, no matter what, you know, in my head, I, I see these four guys, you know, uh, catching wind that Jesus is, is back in town or whatever. And they're at full sprint to go grab their friend. You know, um, even if, uh, you know, he was a protest in the beginning, you know, as they're dragging him out of the house, well, you can't really do too much about it. So you might as well get on board. But I I think he would have caught the excitement because, again, I think if he was part of that circle, he was part of one of their families. uh, He was probably a believer himself, at least my thought there. But. Something Robert said uh, a little while ago, you know, made me think that uh, he told the leper not to say anything. You know, he he told the demons to be quiet so that it didn't spoil what he was leading up to. But here he also, you know, I guess was fulfilling a prophecy where he called himself the son of man. Um, So, at this point, he's calling it out on himself. And so I think from here on out, we may see a, a change in that, that it's it's going to be a little different in that respect as far as the hushness. Wow, excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah. Did, uh, did the paralyzed man want to be healed? Yeah. Of course. Uh, Jesus of course. will not heal you unless you want to be healed. He's been very, he's very clear right. with that. And he said, many of the people, he said, and in some places where he went, he said, I was unable to heal many of the people there because they didn't have the faith to be healed. So it's both faith in this case produced by the four men. I don't know that the man, paralyzed man, it never talks about that, whether he had the faith to be healed or not. But clearly, Jesus saw that the men cared enough for this guy to bring him, which <clears throat> caused him to believe that they had faith sufficient to get him healed. Now. Uh, why did Jesus say your sins are forgiven? And again, I addressed a little bit earlier. I think it was to antagonize the Pharisees. He had a great habit of uh, healing people on the Sabbath, which which antagonized the Pharisees. And it was almost like he got a kick out of doing that uh, because he knew he could. Um, Jesus, when when the Pharisees looked at him and thought about what he said, your sins are forgiven, they they got very angry. And and in their spirits, he did. They didn't say it out loud. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So maybe you're right, Steve, Kyle. Maybe you're right. Maybe uh, the paralyzed man in his heart 
did have faith and uh, to be healed and uh, and, and Jesus knew that because he certainly knew what the Pharisees were thinking. And he, and he himself is thinking, you know what? I have the authority to forgive sins. And, um, and, and then so he says to them, which is easier, your sins are forgiven or get up or tell the guy, take up your mat and walk. Now, remember, he looks at the Pharisees when he says this. He turns around and says the same exact word <laughs> to the paralytic, right? And he gets up and walks. I, th I think it's rather humorous because he can say anything he wants, just like we can say anything we want, but we don't have the authority to do those things. And Kyle, like you've always mentioned many times, you wish you had the authority or the, the power to say something to somebody and have them healed or the demons be casting out. This is one of those things Jesus turned, said the same words to the paralytic that he said to the Pharisees, and the guy hopped up, took up the mat, and went home in front of them. So talk is easy, but proof is in the pudding, right, well, guys? Well, this is a very dramatic scene. This 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 makes this healing scene different from what we've seen, at least so far in Mark, Yeah, is that it is punctuated by this. And for those, if you're new to the Bible, I'm sure you've heard people say, well, Jesus never says he's the Messiah. That is all added after. In this in this. <laughs> uh, we are now right. Mark chapter two. He comes out and identifies himself with the Son of Man, which was a callback. We did we did Daniel some weeks ago. I looked it up. It was podcast one sixty four. We did the section of Daniel where uh, it's it's uh, it's chapter seven verses thirteen and fourteen, where Daniel has the vision of the son of man, he calls it a messianic figure descending on the clouds. It is very, very dramatic and majestic. And here Jesus is in this house with, you know, crowded with people identifying himself with this uh, figure that every, uh, every, every good Jewish person would know. Uh, and he backs it up. And yes, it is it is technically, if you do not believe he's the son of God, it's it's blasphemy. In essence, the teachers of the law here, the Pharisees, are, are right. This healing is not just a miracle that's happening, every, you know, kind of in the course of his preaching. Suddenly it happens, and it's connected directly to the idea that he is connected to the divine. You know, I took a challenge from what Kyle said and has uh, said repeatedly about not being able to heal. And, um, and I thought about that and uh, sin in many cases is, fr is from something that's been done previously. I mean, maybe, and, and dwelled on to the point of regret and depression and stuff. When you forgive that person you have the opportunity to make that person whole by having them look to the future and no longer dwell in their past. So in a way you can do a mini version or certainly something in the spirit of what Jesus did with people that you are either in conflict with or have felt that they have sinned against you or your family or who you represent. I mean, and, and that came to me, that's kind of been eating at me since 
uh, I started studying for this lesson. So what, five minutes before showtime. And <laughs> no, 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 I, I've been dwelling on that for a couple of days. And I, I, I just thought that in a way that's kind of uh, a mini way for us to take this lesson to heart. Michael Cropper. Bill, that's a great, great example. Um, we cannot forgive sin as God can. We can tell other people no. what the Bible says about sin and that Jesus will in fact forgive them if they ask him. We can say that. But another point I had here was that exact same thing. Um, people who do not, a person, first of all, has to believe that 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 Jesus is Lord or God is God is God who created the universe before they can believe they sin. Sin is a definition that separates us from God. And 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 I haven't taken time to look this up, but sin is is what Adam and Eve did, which they did, they disobeyed God and it put a separation or a a wall between God and us so that we did not have righteousness anymore. We had righteousness when we were in the Garden of Eden, but we we destroyed that wall of righteousness apart we destroyed that connection of righteousness so the person has to understand now today most people do not understand what sin is uh, I, I say most people the people who don't believe in christ or believe in god uh, they believe that they can do right things or good things and that equates righteousness so it's important what's so important what you just said bill the, the closest way we can get to that, if they don't understand sin, they don't want to know what it is, is we can point out things, that, ways that they've hurt us, if they've hurt us, and forgive them. So yes, that is a great uh, point in which we can try to identify and help people and point them to Jesus Christ. And then, of course, we can share our own lives, how he has touched us, and how he has forgiven us for our sins, and how we felt when he did that. Well, and it, taking these uh, this particular story, if if somebody if the paralyzed guy said, you know, I'd really like to meet Jesus, and then someone from church goes, you know, I'll pray for you, maybe you'll meet him, okay? Or four of his buds show up, yeah, that's a great idea, and we'll make a plan. And we'll get you there. Right. That's the spirit of Jesus. That's faith in action. Yes. Talk is cheap, isn't it? Talk uh, is cheap. You, and that's exactly why Jesus pointed out the acts of the men was so important because of the acts that they took. You can say, uh, in fact, Jesus said that. He said, you tell a person who ha does not have a coat, be warmed, be fed, but you do not give them your coat or you do not give them a coat or give them food, you have done nothing for them. You have right. not shown them righteous, Bill. Right. But it's all about having action to our faith. I yes. mean, that, that's one reason oh, yeah. I called this the Ultimate Man Up podcast because this really is all about having action. That's the invitation here from, from this story is and and it's even the author admits it's it's, it's kind of hard it's not just saying hey you know i go to sugarland baptist church it's a great church you should come sometime it's right 
saying, hey, let's go. I mean, there's there's something really special in a in an personal invitation, whether, you know, sometimes you don't just say, hey, you know, that restaurant, it's really great. Hey, we're going to go down there today. We're going to go. We're going to we're going to you're going to check this place out. It's just great. <clears throat> or, you know, we got to see this movie. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't know how good it is. You hear stuff, but this is really good. And I bet you haven't heard of it. And so you go and you either watch the video or you go down to the movie theater. I guess you can do that maybe starting next week. And, uh, but that that's the invitation. Well, here's the challenge though, is this, if you're exercising your faith muscle, it's kind of like training for a football game. There comes a point in time where I'm tired of lifting weights I'm tired of doing wind sprints. I want to put on the pads and a helmet and I want to hit somebody. I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Put me in. Put Let's me in, coach. Go. Absolutely. And I'm tired of hitting the second stringers. I want to go against the varsity on the other team. And you guys weren't there. I kind of went down this rabbit hole and I'm going to keep it short uh, about. Uh, what has come and with the live show we've got coming up, it just seems like man up every four years needs a new challenge. It was eight years ago. We started the class and then four years into that, we started the podcast. Now the fourth year, I mean, even with the COVID we're at two Oh five. So we're right on schedule. We're getting ready for the live show, which is the next thing. And I think when it's, it's just time. It's just time to show your faith. If you, you, if you truly believe and you want to follow, there's something that makes you want to use the talents that you have to further the kingdom. If you truly believe and that's, that's it. That's passion. That's belief. That's faith. And that's manning it too. So just want to throw that well, out there. And and I'm curious, Kyle, since, since you're on the deacon pit, how much service or how how does service translate into action? Because I know it does, but how do we do it when we do when our church does service stuff? Because I'm not a deacon, so I'm not privy to what all you guys do. I don't understand that question. The tie between service and action, I guess. Is service putting it all in action or is it more to it than just serving? For me, it's just serving. But, you know, there, there's so much more to it. Um, you know, but I mean, for me, that, that's what it's all about. It's just serving. I, I love it, you know, as far as just to be able to see the smile on somebody else's face when I'm able to serve. I'll tell you what I like. I like the fact that I'm not worried about my own problems for the hour that I'm serving, you know, (laughs) great, man. I'm not, I'm not worried about my mortgage, uh, my kid's college, my car payment. I'm not worried about any about that. I'm worried about getting the food to the food pantry, you know, or, feeding the homeless or distributing blankets. It's awesome. The author talks a little bit. Uh, oh, go ahead, Robert. Did you no, want to no, go, go ahead? Go ahead. Mike. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, no. The author mentioned something and he suggests this throughout his throughout the lesson. He suggests that, that, that we should be very 
very confident and have a lot of faith when we tell people who bring their problems to us that Jesus is a healer and he can heal them and he can fix or restore, restore the relationship. But I, I tell you, in my own life, the, the, the difficulty with telling them that sometimes is the fact that they will expect an immediate answer. And I expected immediate answer whenever I met Christ, whenever I came to know him as Savior, that I was patient. And, and what I've learned and what we all learn is that, that you grow closer to God and you grow healing and you get your healing over time. It's not immediate. And like I said, I think the author suggests that, that you should bring your friends and you should tell them that Christ is the answer. Christ is what you're looking for. And the suggestion there or the infer, inference there is that it will happen immediately when you give your heart to Christ. And it doesn't always, healing doesn't always take place or miracles, a new job, a new car or whatever you need or fix the house, repair the house or finances don't always come immediately. Sometimes it takes time. And much of the Bible tells us that we, we live through tribulations and trials and we grow because of them. So I, I wanted to bring that up because I think the author says very clearly or suggests very clearly that, that, that we should believe that Jesus will give the miracles and answers if, if we introduce him to Christ. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMACox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Podcast number 205, and we are talking about, uh, we're in the Baptist Way Press, uh, which is the study of Mark, talking about the story of the paralyzed man who is <clears throat> let down through the roof uh, by his four friends and is ultimately healed by Jesus. And, you know, <clears throat> back to what uh, we were discussing further uh, uh, earlier, <clears throat> I, I think in, in, in talking in listening to what Robert was talking with Kyle about about service, uh, Sugarland Baptist Church has done the Mexico mission for many years. And uh, the late pastor, Phil Leinberger, one time was sitting with me and said, you know, Bill, we could send cans of paint down there much cheaper and paint the buildings. But when we send people down with the paint, we change lives. And that happens on both sides of the border. And that really made a lot of sense to me. Um, before you can ask people 
to follow Jesus, you have to show them Jesus. And by, and, you know, these guys lowering his, their buddy through the roof, I mean, that, that was a monumental effort. You know that was. Uh, they must have loved him. They must have loved him. And, and I can imagine being young with my buds. We, we would have done the same thing for each other. And I'm sure you out there listening, I mean, think back to a time when you guys ran in a pack. You, you would have. You, you would have done that. Uh, and that's what we need to show. We, 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 need to, we need to show that kind of concern. You know, you, you, you hang around a church a while and you'll hear someone when they talk about their conversion, they may say, oh, it was a teacher I had that brought me to Christ or led me to Christ. The, the operative phrase being someone led me to Christ. Um, that's, I, to clarify what I said earlier, it's more than just taking someone to church. It's it's more than just talking about, you're never going to talk someone into being a Christian, uh, but it is basically making people know or telling people that you are a Christian and representing that. Now, you, that's a risk in itself. People may, may be turned off by that simply because of the preconceived ideas they have about Christians. Um, I'm going to, my age, I don't care. I know that <laughs> nice. I know there are younger people. I will say that younger people who are who may be afraid to do it in a workplace when they're in their twenties and thirties, because unfortunately, the way that things are, that I'm not going to say that won't necessarily hurt them. You, um, you have to be cautious, and and, and it's an HR caution nowadays. And I, so, so, but but before you get, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, I want to yeah. say that it comes exactly what you're saying, Bill. It comes by showing, and it comes by action. It's not going to come by just simply talking about it or having arguments about it or, or doing apologetics or polemics. It's, well, it's basically showing what being a Christian has done in your life. Well, and, and, and when we talk about it only and try to use that as the hammer instead of leading people to it, I think it opens the door for people who accept, but since they didn't get there somewhat on their own, you know, the old thing about let me catch a fish and give it to you versus let me teach you how to fish. It leads to weak Christianity and people who have who who can end up weak in their faith because they don't spend the they don't they don't learn to spend the time. They accept it. They run with it and they're shallow with it. And I'll tell you this. I've been doing some research recently into a movement called Exvangelicals, where they're deconstructing their faith. And what I have seen after having done several, several studies on them is it is people who never went deep into their faith. They, they took it on and then they got mad because somebody in the church treated them badly or they got mad because well, I don't agree with that. That's not right because the culture's saying this now and that's how it has to be because we have to have an evolved state of mind about these things. And because they never grew in their faith, they didn't learn that, well, okay, I can challenge some things and talk about it. Instead, oh, all my faith is wrong and I'm leaving. And by the way, this group, 
as Steve noted at one point when him and I were discussing them, they want to do it loudly too. They don't just want to leave and go away. They want to leave, throw the baby out with the bathwater and scream about how bad the church is. And, and you guys know, I'll be the first to admit, maybe the second behind Steve, but I'll be one of the first ones to admit, man, the church has problems. And we've had problems for years because as Pastor Taylor says, we're filled with a bunch of imperfect people <laughs> and mm-hmm. people are just imperfect. <laughs> I had a discussion with a lady a, a couple of years ago and uh, I made the comment that really upset her. So I'm going to throw this out to you fellas. Um, it will work out no matter what happens, it will work out. And she thought that is the most superficial thing a person could say. I go, okay, so if it doesn't work out, you're going to be happy that you were right. (laughs) (laughs) One way or another, it will work out. One way or another. Exactly. And, and, Good, and, and, and the thing about it is you will find a way you will find a way to make it work out and work the next thing because life is a flow life is not meant to be solved it's meant to be lived it's not an equation and she was so upset that she goes well that is just flippant and i want to i we don't have to go down that rabbit hole i just wanted to throw that out there uh, but it, it's it, life, life is meant to be lived and lived by faith and have these relationships with people. I've been going to this church many years. I've known you guys many years. I have that real long relationship that we help each other. I mean, Steve's had an accident and I've had multiple surgeries. Koshu, uh, Trey has had accident. I guess Cropper, you're the only one that hasn't uh, because (laughs) Koshu's went through flooding and stuff with his house. Everybody, everybody has it, but you work through it. Well, that's it. That's a determination as uh, the author talks about, uh, Bill. And, um, we serving Christ does mean, and, and Christ went through the temptations. Serving Christ does mean we learn to walk forward, and we take every, we take the hills, we take the valleys, and we take them together, and look at that as our walk with Christ. We don't see just the ups, and we don't see just the downs. We see the combination of the two uh, as our walk in the Lord. And um, and, the, and and the more we serve the Lord, the more we understand this. That's why uh, I would love to know what I know now and be 20 years old or 25 years old, but I'm not sure I could handle it. My head would probably explode. So I, I think that's why you learn so much of your life. And, and even when you're on your deathbed, you're still learning and, and, and still um, open to, to learn more about the Lord, even when you're close to the time when you pass away. Yeah, our, our, our entire life is... is is aimed at learning about Christ and learning more and more in our Christian walk. Excellent, Professor. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I think it really is all about determining what action you need to take and doing it. Talking is one thing. 
but but like you said bill you know we've gone and moved into action at different points during our experience with man up you know you you guys started the class eight years ago four years and then four years ago we decided to move up and do the podcast now we're moving to the next step i think all the time in our faith we're always called to take action with our faith and i think that's one thing that we've really got to figure out as Christians that we can't just always talk about it. There comes a point in time where we've got to take action as a part of make and make that a part of our faith. And don't look so far. It's to me, it's funny that people will, uh, they'll say, uh, well, I would go out for the football team, but I'm never going to play in the NFL. So uh, I guess, I guess I won't. <laughs> well, so to me, it's amazing how many people want to do missions. I'll go to Africa and serve, but, but they, don't ask they me to go, go down. down. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. My wife went, my wife was part door. of the group that uh, did the uh, big um, food distribution this past weekend that our church was a part of. Yeah. That's you know, good. and yeah, we won't do that kind of stuff, but oh God, we'll, we'll go to Africa because, because right. it's cool to go to Africa, <laughs> you know, right. not so cool to be doing the mission stuff right around close to home. And in reality, we're called to do that twice as much or even more so than we're called to go to the ends of the earth. Well, well, it provides an easy excuse, doesn't it? Um, well, you know, I, I just can't take two weeks and, uh, $3,000 to go to Africa as much as I want to. When, I want you know, to. you don't have to spend anything to deliver food over in Missouri. Yeah, it, was a Saturday, it was a Saturday morning. And <laughs> honestly, I didn't sign up because at the time the signups were going on, I thought I was going to be going up to tear a pig pit apart. Yeah. <laughs> but several youth got together went the Wednesday night beforehand and tore the pig pit apart for us. So. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, get some final thoughts from the fellas and uh, start with Kyle Trahan. Thank God for those youth. Amen. I was not (laughs) looking forward to doing any of that, and thankfully it was done. Um, I know I was having to skip out on, but I helped assemble the darn thing, so... But you know, hey, forty ten pound youth. concrete blocks are, are best left to the youngsters. Oh my gosh! I'm just going to say oh, that <laughs> three three loads of those cinder blocks in my in my truck to get them over there. So quite a few of them, um, and uh, you know, it, it it liked to paralyze me the first time. Um, for well, uh, we'll put you on a mat and we'll drop. I you was down. saying for the for the pun of the day there, um, you know. What must that have felt like, though? You know, we to be that guy that all of a sudden you're able to get up and move. What an elation, you know, that the rush that you would have felt. I mean, I, I, I can see him skipping out down the down the street with his mat, you know. By that time, I would have set my mat somewhere else because, you know, here, you just, I don't need anymore. Um, I, I hope I can one day find that faith enough. You know, I, I, again, I go back to that first thing I said, to, to have the faith to fully believe that 
God and Jesus is the true healer. Excellent. A couple of takeaways from you, Michael Cropper. Yeah, I'm going to uh, mention what the author says. I like what he said over a general view of everything. He said today, many people uh, may doubt that Jesus ability and his ability to forgive sins. And some may not fully understand even what the idea of sin is. They may believe that being good it can ensure a right relationship with God. Other people may think of Jesus as a historical figure, a moral teacher, or a figure out of a children's story. They fail to understand that Jesus actually can forgive because they don't recognize him or understand that he is really Lord and he is God. One way we can help people recognize Jesus' lordship is by giving Jesus credit for helping us overcome the obstacles in our lives. We may not have heard Jesus say, get up and walk, as he did to the paralytic, but many of us have seen God move and answers and answer many prayers we have laid before him. We've experienced Jesus' power to help restore marriages, recover from addictions, and renew our hopes. And this is how we can share with people the love of Christ and how we can share in faith, Bill. Excellent. A couple of takeaways from you, Professor. Yeah, it, it, find the action you need to take for your faith. I mean, th- this is really the story of men who take action. We, we talk a lot about exercising your faith muscle and what that involves. But at the end of the day, all that exercise of the faith muscle we do is so that we can go and take action. So find the ways we are called to take action as Christian men. Excellent. Uh... Take away from you, Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, yeah, so, um, you guys are wrapping it up pretty well. It, it has a great ending because we can imagine uh, all five guys, the, 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 as Kyle imagined, the, the paralytic getting up to walk. And uh, in a way, here it's, here it's demonstrated purely in a, in a physical and, and, and material form. But this is what happens when, when you come to the Lord and you are healed. Uh, you get to throw away your mat or throw away your crutch, whatever that crutch was. And of course, you know, we have crutches of addiction, um, some of the more common ones, but we also have psychological crutches. Uh, Bill, you hinted at it when you, you know, fear of failure, all those things that may literally paralyze you uh, can be, uh, can, can be cast away by, the Lord. And imagine the four guys who, they didn't heal them. They, they just brought them in. They did, you could, you could say they did a little bit of heavy lifting. They got them up on the roof and down. But imagine how happy they were to see their 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 friend uh, able to walk on his feet. Um, so, so happy, bouncing down the street. I, I like Kyle's image there, skipping down the street. Imagine how they felt, uh, you know, that day as well. Excellent. And uh, I want to go ahead. And this is this has been an awesome discussion for me, because although I I do identify uh, with the with the guys of action, uh, especially this last year, um, I really identify with the paralyzed guy. Um, I've went went through uh, the multiple surgeries, not even having a femur and then uh, being feeling blessed when I got to use a walker. Uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm only using a cane just because I want to make sure I have it. So, um, 
my healing hasn't been instantaneous, but the effect, I, I have a brand new, deeper appreciation for life and the miracle that it represents. And I am not going to let this, I'm not going to waste it this time. Um, and and I, I have no doubt that the paralyzed man feels that way too. And many of you out there too. Uh, and I, I hope you do. I, it, it really is for me and um, for you on this faith journey, it's new life. So, and with that, thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. On behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Kyle Trahan. My name is Bill Cox, and we are on the No Church Answers Tour. So check out our new YouTube channel. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com, our website, and post it there. And if you're unable to attend church, check out Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It's a it's at sugarlandbaptist.org. It starts Sundays at 945. But we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.